Hello, and welcome to another episode of Raise the Bar, the podcast from Next Chapter Ventures. We have a simple mission here to get female founders funded faster. You can learn more at nextchapterraise.com. We welcome women-led businesses to join our Savvy Club for those working towards scale and Capital Club for those actively seeking investment. Get the tailored resources and coaching you need to find, negotiate with, and close the right investors for your business. Hello, I'm your host, Nicole Denholder, founder of Next Chapter Raise. On today's episode, I speak with Hrithika Gupta, the founder of Oli, a Singapore-based retail brand that helps you better harness the power of essential oils. From learning all about essential oils through her family's wholesale business, FP Aromatic Singapore, Rithika shares on our podcast how she then launched Oli as a direct-to-consumer product business and the differences that she's experienced between these two business models. Rithika shares the benefits of starting in Singapore and how she's focused on Oli being innovative in an existing industry segment. As a member of Next Chapter's Capital Club program, an exclusive program for women business leaders ready to fundraise, we are pleased to be sharing Rithika's journey as a founder and her plans for Oli. Hello, Rithika. Thank you for joining us on Raise the Bar podcast presented by Next Chapter Raise. We're really excited to hear all about what you have been up to with you and your business, Ollie. So thanks for joining. Thanks, Nicole, for having me. It's wonderful to be here. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about my business. So I'm from Singapore and I run Ollie, which is a home and personal care brand that creates 100% natural products using essential oils and other ingredients. Great, great. And we're excited to hear more about Oli. You've got amazing products. I love the one that's called Ants Off, (laughs) being an Australian, (laughs) growing up with ants. I think that's exactly what everyone needs. So why don't you tell us a bit about your background, your personal story, and then how you've come about building Oli? Uh, So in 2014, I moved to Singapore from India and I started an essential oil business. It's been in the family business and sort of like an extension to that, where we produce essential oils and sell it to flavor and fragrance, aromatherapy, candle soap maker companies around the world. I spent six years traveling, meeting the farmers, meeting producers, customers, understanding the industry, seeing what the users are. And as I got more and more into it, it was really exciting. And I realized that there's so much that essential oils can do beyond just sort of a fragrance your home, which in itself is fantastic, by the way. So I wanted to do more. I wanted to share more with the world, which is why I created Oli. And what we do is we create final products for customers that they can use for their everyday using these essential oils and natural plant extract products. Fantastic. And I know that you've mentioned that you had some family background in this industry and then you've gone and built this direct-to-consumer business. I mean, what's been some of the biggest successes and challenges as you've gone through the process of building Oli? So retail was a new space for me. It was something I had never done before in this form. And D2C is even newer because it's completely new and I had no idea how we would do. So we started Oli as a hobby project. But I think the biggest success for me was the fact that we took off and we were able to grow Oli and bring it this far. And in terms of challenge, we launched Oli late 2019. So really when the brand took off was early 2020 and COVID hit. And to operate in a state of lockdown, not being able to travel, which was one of the biggest things that I consider important in this business because we go meet local farmers and sourcing and meeting customers. So 
running a brand through COVID, I think, was the trickiest bit because there was no precedence to it. You really had to wing it, see how it went and go with the flow. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that about COVID <laughs> in terms of building their businesses, you know, being flexible, being able to pivot, listening to your yeah. customers, you know, hugely important in terms of how they were having to change their behaviors, you know, impacted the way that everyone running a business really had to reconsider how they interacted. So I can imagine just even starting during that, put some real perspective around that. So how have you funded your business's growth to get Ollie to where it is today? It's been self-funded all along so far. I've been bootstrapping, save some money, not traveling and use that up in Ollie, sort of stringing it along. And we've been lucky. We've done well. We've made some money through Ollie and we put that back into the business and brought it this far. You know, at Next Chapter Raise, we love talking about different types of capital and, you know, how can you be using external sources to help support revenue to build out growth? Where do you see the business going in terms of your next business goals? And what's made you consider fundraising as an option to grow the business? So I think that Oli's at a stage where, so we're currently a local Singapore brand and we've used the last two years to really solidify our operations and our production set up. And I think the next step right now is to grow sales and also take all the out of Singapore, take it to other regions in Southeast Asia around the world. Eventually, we're looking at this as being a global brand. So our focus for the next two years is just sales, sales, sales and growing the brand. And to that effect, I think that fundraising is the way to go because this can accelerate our growth journey. Because if you were to do organic, it would be a much slower path. Yeah. So absolutely focus on that scaling geographic expansion, you know, how can all the funding come and help you build that? Where would you love to see Ollie in three to five years? Like what's the dream with Ollie? <laughs> I'd like Ollie to be a household brand globally, ideally, but at least widespread across Southeast Asia in the next three to five years. Great. And really helping people with their household health. I'd yeah, say yeah. some of your products, right? Yeah, you know, knocking off the chemicals in your home one bottle at a time. <laughs> I'd like for households to have this one. They are cleaning shelf having different Ollie bottles in there. Being familiar with your branding, I mean, that shelf will look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what advice would you give to women in the planning stages of their fundraising journey? So when I started out fundraising, and Nicole, you've seen my first version of my deck. It was ridiculously bad. So I think that Next Chapter Raise has been extremely helpful. So if you are planning fundraising and if raising money or dealing with the VC space or just generally, if this is a new world for you, I would highly recommend ask for help, talk to people, don't be shy and get the help you need. Make sure that your deck is solid. Make sure your fundamentals are solid. You understand the different types of funding, what you want to do, why you're raising funds why you're looking to dilute your company, reach out to folks like Nicole and Next Chapter Raise to get the right help because fundraising is hard. It's not a straightforward, simple process. And you're also running your business and your lives, your day-to-day -day lives apart from fundraising. So you want to simplify this as much as possible. Do it right. Remember, you've got to be as good or even better than the men, equivalent counterpart companies to raise that money. So take all the help you need. Thank you for that advice. I think that last point is really important that whenever you're talking to an investor, they've got lots of opportunities that they can be looking to invest into. So it's how are you better? What makes you 
the one for them? You know, how are you going to fill out their portfolio? You know, exactly. how do you become critical to their own success, right? Yeah. So it's great to hear that. And I think we've talked about this, but certainly what we see is the earlier you start, the better, because it's always a longer journey, more difficult than you anticipate because we all love our business, right? We're like, why wouldn't anyone invest in my business? It's fantastic. (laughs) But it's really the detailed discussions then come into play. In fact, I also want to add, I think that going through the fundraising journey is very important, even if you decide not to raise funds at the end of it, because I've understood my business much better in the last six months from when I started putting my deck together till now. I've understood my business better. I've learned how to look at my business as a CEO. What do you have to look at every day? It's very easy to get lost in the bits that you're passionate about or the bits that you think are important. But is that really what you should be looking at? What are the numbers you should be looking at every day? I think understanding where you are, digging deeper and looking at your business the right way is really helpful. And then you may choose to not raise funds and that's perfectly okay but at least you're then making an informed choice. What we've seen and what we talk a lot about is the mindset, either from the investor's mindset or you as that CEO, or you know, where are you sitting? Because actually you look at businesses from different angles, depending on what hat you wear. So no, that's very helpful because it's all around looking at your business in a very commercial sense. And for many companies, it's how do I take an idea and turn that into a viable commercial business with great opportunity? And that takes time. And also, right, in the past, it used to be about what is unique about your company. And with the number of startups, with the number of products, honestly, it's very hard to find that unique product that you're coming out with or the unique service. But what you can do is take something of the market and make it better. So sometimes it's not just about what are you offering, but it's about how are you making it better? How are you making it more lucrative for the investor, for the customer? That's what I love what you're doing with Ollie. You're bringing all your different experiences together and you're looking to really improve on a major component of our economy is all our household products. It impacts our health. So it's nice to see that you've got that. How am I doing this better? Or, you know, And you've got some really clear goals around your customers and also what their goals are. So love seeing that. Yeah, it comes down to the fundamentals of doing business, right? Like know your customer, know what they need and focus, narrow it down to as much as you can. Absolutely. So we've talked a bit about looking at fundraising. What else has been most important in growing your business and getting to where you are? I think what's been really helpful for me was I started off in Singapore. It's a small market, but also a small market has its advantages. It's a great test market to start out with. During COVID, the buy local sentiment was really high. We had women business owners supporting each other. And that was really helpful in growing the brand locally. I've had people, when I meet them and I say, I'm the founder of Oli. And then when they find out that it's just a two-year-old brand, they're like, oh, wow, really? Like, it seems like a five to six-year-old brand. So I think this peer women business owner community has been extremely helpful. Being in a small market has its own plus points. And as much as I want to say we've been lucky, there's a science to it. It's worked out well, yeah. It's also called hard work, (laughs) right? And ultimately that's what entrepreneurship is, but it is, it's elements coming together at the same time. And luck is comprised of many different aspects. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, you have to be at it, right? It's constant input to get that constant output stream. You need to put in that constant input stream. And that's very important. Hmm. And this is something I've learned from you, Nicole, like don't be shy about tweaking your team as and when you need. 
at that point, it's not about emotion. It's not, it's about what is the best for your business because eventually what is best for your business is also best for your colleagues and for yourself. Yeah. And as startups, we have to move fast, you know, early days count. And that's always part of a conversation you have with anyone that comes into a team. So always really clear communication is so important in a business as well in all aspects of life. Well, thank you very much, Rithika. It's been great hearing about your background, about Ollie, about where it's going. Really appreciate you taking the time today to share your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was good. Join us next time for another conversation with female entrepreneurs and investors who are shaking things up. To connect with Next Chapter, follow us on social, visit the platform at nextchapterraise.com and subscribe to the podcast for more great stories to inspire, empower, and celebrate female entrepreneurs.